everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily DC. Facts matter. That is always true, but certainly never more so than in times of crisis. President Trump has never displayed a sense of being bound to the facts as he presides over daily press briefings on the coronavirus pandemic in the White House briefing room. Therefore, the role of fact-checking what the president and his administration are saying each day to the American people is a critical one. And thankfully, we have the best in the fact-checking business on staff here at CNN. So with me to unpack a few of the claims the president has made recently is CNN's resident fact-checker and reporter, Daniel Dale. Daniel, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, David. And uh, I'm in my apartment, so please excuse any uh, noise you might hear from my neighbor and my girlfriend in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. We're all podcasting remotely these days, so uh, our listeners no doubt understand. I I just want to start with a broad question before I get into specifics with you, which is just to say over the course of these last several weeks, as we've heard so much from the president on this topic, is there one a major claim that sticks out to you above all others that he continues to make that is false or not supported by the facts uh, that he just refuses to correct the record on? Um, There hasn't been one sort of through line claim that he is he's made consistently like from February to now. But there have been a couple that have struck me as most egregious. I think number one for me is most egregious. Uh, was the claim in early March that anyone who wants a test can can get a test. Anybody that wants a test can get a test. That wasn't even remotely true. I mean, in addition to the fact that there was a severe shortage of tests, even the criteria for tests at that point were, were very strict. You know, you could not get one um, you know, if unless you were very sick and, and your doctor um, worked hard to get one for you. So I thought that was one of the worst. Um, one of the ones that he's made repeatedly that, that has been consistent uh, from near the beginning is his claim that uh, no one could have foreseen this. Uh, and he's made this in various forms. He's made it generally about the pandemic, but also specifically about ventilators. We're having to fix a problem that four weeks ago nobody ever thought would be a problem. You have a problem with ventilators. We're working very hard trying to find nobody in their wildest dreams would have ever thought that we need tens of thousands of ventilators. This is something that's very unique to this, to what happened. Like no one ever thought we need this many ventilators. No one ever thought a thing like this would happen. And those are just not true. There were years of warnings about the risk of a pandemic, years of warnings about the need for tens of thousands of ventilators in a pandemic. So in attempting to defend his own response, he keeps saying this was completely unforeseen and unforeseeable. And and that's just not right. I noticed in the briefing last night on Sunday night, our colleague Jeremy Diamond was trying to ask Dr. Fauci a question about this uh, hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malaria medication that is being, I guess, tested to see what its efficacy might be in sort of combating coronavirus or COVID. And I I noticed the president, as Jeremy Diamond was pressing a question towards Fauci, stepped in and said he's answered that 15 times. We know there has been a divide inside the Trump administration on just how effective this drug might be in these current circumstances. But the president continues to tout it. I don't know. Did he once call it a miracle drug or something? He seems to have made the claim that this really is something that can cure this. And yet we don't actually have the facts to back that up, do we? A drug called chloroquine, and some people would add to it hydroxy, hydroxychloroquine. It's shown very encouraging 
very, very encouraging early results. We don't have hard, definitive evidence of the kind that the FDA needs to grant final approval to a drug. Now, I've gotten a, a ton of pushback just for pointing that out. Uh, you know, a lot of Twitter trolls, uh, other other people with with actual you know faces, names, saying, you know, why why are you rooting against this drug? Do you want people to die? And th- that's not at all, of course, what I'm saying. Uh, all I and other fact checkers are pointing out is that the president is overstating the reality of of what we currently now know. So it is not true that the FDA has granted FDA approval to hydroxychloroquine. What the FDA has done is grant an emergency use authorization for certain patients in certain circumstances to access the drug from the national stockpile. And then the president, I think, uh, dangerously has, has claimed, you know, it's already been approved for other purposes like uh, malaria and uh, arthritis and lupus. And therefore, we know it's not going to kill you. We know it's not going to cause harm because it's passed the safety test for other stuff. The nice part is it's been around for a long time. So we know that if it if if things don't go as uh, planned, it's not going to kill anybody. And as doctors have repeatedly said on on CNN air, that's just not how this works. You know, you, you can't you can't know for sure that because a drug has been approved for one thing, it's not going to cause any harm for another thing. So as a fact checker, my job isn't isn't to say. Uh, you know, this this medication is never going to work or, or Trump is being stupid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that he is getting things wrong on this subject. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's always interesting when the president sort of gives us a tell when he knows that, because um, if he thought he was 100 percent on the facts on this, he would have no problem with Fauci presenting his point of view. But he stepped in uh, because he understood there was a divide between the doctor and the politician on this. Uh, at least that's how it seemed to me last night in watching the briefing. Um, I, I get, And obviously, who wouldn't want to root for any drug to work here? I mean, that, that, of course, is something we would all root for. It's just not how Dr. Fauci and the other experts have described what the current state of uh, efficacy of that drug is. So I appreciate you uh, looking into that claim. I know there is a bunch of reporting out there and and there have been conversations in the administration about uh, potentially shutting down commercial air travel uh, across the country or, or somehow bringing that uh, to a halt. We know there are so f- so much fewer uh, traveling Americans right now, right? I mean, the, the traveling public is almost nil these days in terms of what TSA is seeing come through its checkpoints. But the president has talked about this notion of a possible shutdown and whether or not that's possible. No? He he has. Um, what's interesting, David, is that he keeps being asked about it and saying, well, we're you know considering all the options, we're thinking about it. But then uh, twice now, at least twice, I should say, uh, in in explaining why he doesn't want to do this immediately, he said people getting on and off planes are being tested very strongly. They're getting very strong, powerful tests for the coronavirus. They're doing tests on airlines, very strong tests for getting on, getting off. They're doing tests on trains, getting on, getting off. And that's just not happening. Uh, a CBS transportation reporter and I both contacted the airlines Basically, the airlines have no idea what he's talking about. People getting on and off planes in the U.S. are not being given tests, of course. You know, there wasn't even a rapid test available until quite recently and it's still quite limited. And only a small fraction of passengers are even being screened. And those screenings uh, include questions, sometimes filling out forms, sometimes getting a temperature check. But they can't definitively determine whether you have the virus. So Trump's justification for not having an air travel shutdown, it's just just fictional. It's, It's just complete nonsense. 
Daniel, just listening to you talk about this, and I mean, obviously, this is what you do day in and day out, is is bring facts to what he is saying. Have you ever seen the president sort of absorb, I don't mean your specific fact check, but fact checking of his words in general and alter his rhetoric accordingly? Or does he, does it seem to have no effect on his continuing to use incorrect information in his rhetoric? I I can't recall a case where he's adjusted his rhetoric because of fact checks. There, There might have been one or one or two over the course of these, you know, five-ish years that I've been fact-checking him. Um, but he's mostly impervious to this. And that that is not always the case. You know, a lot of people will, will tell me and I'm sure tell you, you know, they all lie. All these politicians, they lie. But they don't all uh, lie this frequently. And many of them, you know, if, if it's pointed out that something they're saying is false, they will tweak that rhetoric uh, because they don't want to get, you know, Pinocchio's for the Washington Post or they don't want to have an article on CNN saying, you know, such and such falsely claimed. Trump just keeps saying it. And I think part of that is because he knows he's going to get that message unfiltered to a lot of people. A lot of people watch him live, you know, and they don't see the fact check after. He knows that a lot of people are consuming him through media uh, that's very friendly to him, that's not going to do any fact checking. And he knows, you know, he knows a lot of his, his base is, is, you know, not watching me or reading my articles. And so he, he knows that, you know, even if he's fact checked, even if he gets those Pinocchios, he's still getting that falsehood to uh, probably millions of people. Yeah. One other uh, important area that he has talked about a lot that I think your fact checks are very important on is this notion of when this might go away. I feel uh, from the outset of this crisis, he has been looking towards uh, when it might be over. What is his latest on that rhetoric and what facts have you been able to bring to bear to support his claim of when, uh, if not by a date certain, when he thinks this may be coming to a conclusion? Yeah, well, he, he said the other day, um, I wish I remember what day, it's hard to keep track of these these days uh, with a briefing every day, but he, he said um, in the last few days that this is going to pass in about a month and then, and then we're going to be done with it. Because remember, after a month or so, I think once this passes, we're not going to have to be hopefully worried too much about the virus. And as a fact checker, it's hard to fact check future predictions because I don't know with certainty what's going to happen in a month or two months or three months. But but what I can say is that that is at odds with, you know, everything we're hearing from the experts. Um, and even even Trump himself had previously said that he thinks, you know, this might go until July and, and beyond. And so he'll say things like that. And th- there's no apparent basis for it. So all, all I do is say, you know, here's what Dr. Fauci has said, here's what Dr. Burks has said, here's what the models have said, uh, and point out that in addition to the fact that all the experts are saying this immediate crisis period is probably going to last significantly longer than a month, um, Fauci and others have pointed out that there, there, there will very possibly be a second wave of this virus in the fall or later. Um, so, you know, even if it passes right now, that doesn't mean that it's passed for good. Before I let you go, Daniel, can you take us a little bit inside your process just in terms of now that there is this daily briefing? I mean, you have not that he was shy about talking to the press every day or, you know, out on his walk to the helicopter. Or I mean, this has been a president who makes himself available. Uh, but now that he comes to the podium in the press briefing room every day, that he takes questions and that it is consistently on this crisis topic of dealing with this pandemic. How is it that you are able to turn around 
fact-check so quickly. As soon as he is done speaking, you are prepared to point things out. Just take our listeners in a little bit of how you watch the briefing. So it's it's a challenge because I, you know, until now I've been fact-checking Trump on, on a huge variety of subjects uh, that a president would speak on. Now he's basically only talking about one thing. And I've never been a health reporter. You know, I'm, I'm not an expert on this stuff. So it's been a, a learning curve. Basically what happens is um, I connect uh, remotely, you know, from my apartment to our uh, TV control room. So I'm ready to, they, they team me up, you know, to go on at any time. At the same time, I'm live tweeting quotes of what he's saying and fact-checking anything I can. And also in a Slack chat with other members of our fact-check team and editors who are making suggestions, helping grab quotes. Basically, my goal as a, when I'm doing live fact-checks is not to do anything that will ruin my career. And so it's always better, <laughs> it's always better uh, just to not, just to skip a fact-check than to get something wrong, you know, and be plastered on, on Fox and have people making fun of you on Twitter. So basically, I, I do whatever I can. The, the thing about Trump is that, as, as you alluded to, he repeats a lot of his rhetoric. And so a lot of the fact checks I'm doing live, maybe he said it a day or two before, and I had a couple hours to look into it then. And now that it's come up again, I can do it you know, in an instant. There are a lot of items that I can't do live. And so what we'll do in that Slack chat is we'll make a list of, here's things that we can write about, talk about immediately. Uh, either they're egregious lies that are super obvious or repeats. And then we'll make a separate list of ones that we have to look into. So often I'm up late at night after that, you know, 5.30 to 7 or whatever briefing. I'm up late or up early in the morning doing, you know, more extensive reporting so that even if I couldn't do a live the first time, you know, the second time I'll be able to. Daniel, I can't thank you enough for your incredibly important and excellent work. Uh, we rely on you to keep checking those facts and, and to keep us uh, posted with the truth. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you, David. And a special thanks to our listeners as well. Remember, we publish a new episode every weeknight, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about this podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.